Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Except who you have today is not Boyd Matheson. If you tuned in for him, I have it on good authority. He will be back tomorrow. And all of his grace, so it'll be fabulous. <laughs> but what you have today is our number two with me, Leah Murray, and my good friend, Marty Carpenter. Oh, you said our number two. Yeah. I thought you meant our number, O-U-R number no, two. Like, H-O-U-R. oh, it's a number two. Right, it's we're a, the, na- the backup. What you got the backup team. What you have the second the, line the takes the second line, maybe yep. not as graceful as Boyd Matheson, but we're doing our best. Almost certainly not as yeah. graceful, <laughs> right? But like fewer reps. We get fewer reps at this. Uh yeah. Hey, you know, Leah, uh, we've been talking a little bit about water in the sense that it's uh, we've had a really good snow year, right, right. so far. You know, Have you been skiing? Are you a skier? I've been once. I've been once. I haven't gotten up more than just the one time. It was an awful ski day. day My I husband's went. been skiing like crazy. He's got a pass up at Snow Basin, uh-huh. and he was just like the snow, you know, powder to his knees. Yeah. It's just like the best. They're just loving it, right? He's loving it, and yeah. we, we know it's not going to like wipe out a 20-year drought in uh, two good months no, of snow, but, but it's, it's a, a good, good year. start, right? It's a and good we'll, year. Yeah. We'll take that. Uh, a lot of other water news going on, though, as we talk about like how do we manage what water we will have based on what have we had in the last several years, what are those trends, and you know what are we expecting for this year? Yesterday, Utah was among six states that announced a new sort of water usage agreement in regards to the Colorado River. Uh, this agreement was made in an effort to reduce water use and restore the fragile yet critical river system, now at its lowest point in 1,200 years, they say. Uh, California was the only state that uses water from the Colorado River that did not join the agreement. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, you know, Let's, well, we can make fun of California, maybe. Yeah, please. <laughs> but let's uh, let's start by getting a little insight and some background on this. Amy Haas is the uh, executive director of the uh, Utah uh, of the Colorado River Authority of Utah. I'll get it out right. Um, Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Marty and Leah. And just spoiler alert: I think I'm going to let you two make fun of California, <laughs> if at all. So, <laughs> uh, but it, but it's a pleasure being here today. Well, let's start here. This this uh, news that came out yesterday sort of was reworking or revisiting some of the what they called the 07 guidelines. So let's start. We don't need to go all the way back to the 1920s on the Colorado River unless you feel that we do. But like, what, what were these guidelines set up as far as how we're managing this water and why did they need to be revised leading to yesterday's action? Right. Well, the guidelines are essentially the criteria put in place in 2007 to operate the Colorado River, you know, in particular to coordinate the operations of the two major reservoirs on the river, so those are Lake Powell and Lake Mead, and to provide for shortages in the lower basin, so states, uh, the states of California, Arizona, and Nevada. 
you know, unfortunately, the guidelines and some related agreements have been inadequate to prevent reservoir levels from dropping to their lowest elevations ever. And these low elevations are a major threat to the continued operation of Glen Canyon Dam at Lake Powell and to hydropower production there. So, Marty, you alluded to the situation on the river. You know, we're in in current times, we're in our 23rd year of drought, um, and that's compounded by the effects of climate change, which has taken a major toll on reservoir elevations. And then you add to that, the lower basin has been taking more water out of storage, out of Lake Mead, than is coming into the system naturally. I I just, you know, want to underscore the importance of this to Utah, Lake Powell is where we and our sister states of Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico store water to satisfy our obligations under this century-old agreement that you referenced. And it's also a source of electricity for Utahns and the entire Western grid. All right. So talk to me about my understanding is the Colorado River is kind of an endangered river. I think it's one of the ones in the United States that's in trouble. Um, It's at its driest period in 1,200 years. That seems like an epically long time to have it, the driest it's been right. that time. Yeah. And that last year the federal government asked the seven river states so that are in this Colorado River Basin to reduce use of water by 2 million to 4 million acre feet. Um, but that's, that's tricky, right? So there's like seven states are being asked to do something. My understanding is if they don't come up with a good proposal, the federal government might take over, which I don't think any state really wants. So what are the five states and Utah, like what are they proposing? How are they answering this call? Um, And then why? Just tell me why. You don't have to tease California, but what is up with California (laughs) that they're not at the table? I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Great, great questions, Leanne. I'm going to unpack them a little bit. So you're you're exactly right in terms of the the, the backstory here. Uh, about well, last June, uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Tootin of the Bureau of Reclamation basically told the states that they would have to reduce use on the order of two to four million acre feet as early as 2023, which is a huge undertaking. Right. Um, in, a, in a very short period of time, we had until August to come up with a plan, and that deadline came and went. So last fall, uh, the U.S., the Department of Interior, to be precise, recognized the need to act quickly. And, and really, when I say the need to act quickly, we just talked about these operational criteria that, that, that govern the river, the 2007 guidelines. So the U.S. said, we need to change this up. We need to modify these guidelines immediately and before they expire in 2026 in order to protect critical reservoir elevations at Lake Mead and Lake Powell. 
And this, this modification, this changing up is done through a really complicated and, and arcane <laughs> environmental process called NEPA. Uh, lots of NEPA jokes, but for the listeners, NEPA stands for the National Environmental Policy Act, and it can be a very protracted uh, environmental process. And so when the U.S. announced the need for changes to these guidelines, they invited the states to submit an alternative under this NEPA process to operate the river over the next two years. So what happened yesterday is really has been a kind of an all-hands effort over the last 45 days, two-month time frame uh, for the states to come together and submit a consensus proposal in response to the U.S.'s, you know, consideration of, of modification of these guidelines. And so what we put forth was a request that the U.S. model our proposal. And, you know, just to give you some particulars, and I'm going to be pretty general here, um, the alternative calls for deeper cuts to lower basin uses, so that would be uses by the states of California, Arizona, and Nevada, uh, including reductions to account for evaporation, right, which is something that the lower basin has never really had to, to, uh, to account for. Um, and for the upper basin, us up in Utah and Colorado, New Mexico, Wyoming, um, we would experience or be subject to re reduced releases from Lake Powell, again, keeping that water in Lake Powell to shore up the reservoir elevation, and then uh, engaging in some voluntary conservation activities. Uh, so those are, that's basically kind of gives you that uh, very high-level idea of what is in this proposal and what we are asking the U.S. to consider. So this is a proposal then, right? Essentially, we're saying as a collection of six states, this is what we would propose we do as, as the next steps. Right. The federal government's kind of still got that threat hanging out there. So, Amy, exactly what, do you, right. what do you expect the reaction will be from the Bureau of Reclamation? And is it powerful enough to have six of the seven states step up together? I, I imagine if all seven came out, that would be a slightly even more powerful presentation to yeah. say this is really the way it needs to go. So I guess how much does it handicap us that it's only six-sevenths of where you want to be? And what do you expect the reaction to be? You know, great question, and, and I, Leah touched on this a little bit as well. You know, even though California did not ultimately sign on to the letter, they remained at the negotiating table throughout, to their okay. credit. However, under the six-state proposal, California would have to take significant cuts for the first time ever. So in, in, in the, the uh, kind of in water parlance, um, California is a, is a senior water user, right? It's, it's, it's been using its water the longest. It's, it's, it's got a lot of privacy in terms of its water use. And they haven't been subject to shortage as a result, unlike a state like Arizona, which had to take severe cuts in recent years due to its junior user status. So a little, you know, context for you there. It, it's, it's, it would be ideal to have a seven-state consensus uh, proposal, right? But I'm hopeful that notwithstanding that and the fact that this is a six-state uh, proposal, that the U.S. will still carefully consider the proposal. Um, you know, we're in a crisis on the Colorado River, and our existing tools have failed to fix it. You know, in my opinion, who better than the states to come up with the solution? Right, Amy Haas, the Deputy Executive Director and General Counsel for the Upper Colorado River Commission. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.
Okay, more to come, Marty, on Inside Sources. We're going to chat with the lieutenant governor about the important domestic violence bill that just passed the Utah Senate. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.